Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's episode is a little bit different than the ones that I have done before. Derek Lowski, who joined me for episode two, go check out that interview if you have not, rejoins me as we recap my 2023 Des Moines Marathon race. I raced it on Sunday, October 15th. On this episode, Derek and I dive into how I was feeling after Lincoln, training ahead of Des Moines, the plan that I was going with, and the race itself. We also talk about missing out on the Boston Marathon, what that meant for race day, and my plan inside of those miles. Also a little bit about what's to come as well. Enjoy today's conversation with Derek Lowski. Derek Lowski, welcome back to Chasing Three Hours. Hello. Great to be back, though. This one's not so much about me. This is the first race recap that I have ever done. We're going to talk about the 2023 Des Moines Marathon today, the lead up to that, the training to that. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be very good. I've never done something like this before, but one of the things that I really wanted to do with my podcast is not just talk to really interesting people like you uh, and like the other guests that I have, but also kind of go under the hood with with my marathons. I'm not going to do this for any other race. I just want to do this for the big dogs. And so this is the last one that I will have run this year and the first one that I will have run since we got going with the podcast. So we'll talk about that tonight. But first, I do have to begin by asking the question I always ask my guests. How was your most recent run? You haven't been running a whole lot lately. No, uh, you know, I ran two marathons in two weeks and then decided to take a little (laughs) bit of time off. I ran six miles this morning and it was great. I've been dealing with a cold for the last like five days or so. So this was the first time where my heart rate didn't spike significantly. First time I had to wear a hat and gloves this year. So we're, we're getting to that time of year. But as as a funny story, getting back to what we said earlier, I told my girlfriend that I was coming on to do this, and she said, are you seriously going to spend over half the time that Josh was running talking about this? I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we could easily fill that. Very easily. We very easily will. Before we get into that, uh, you, as you just said, you ran two marathons uh, in the span of two weeks. You did Berlin. Uh, over in Germany in September, and then you did Chicago uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so t- literally two weeks apart to the day, right? It was a yes. Sunday and a, and a Sunday. Sunday. So you Sunday. have now you have two more of the the world majors knocked out. You've run three of them, all three of them this year. Yep. Uh, you've done Boston a couple of times now. What was the experience like? Uh, I mean, really all of it together, but especially going all the way overseas and doing and doing Berlin. So. This was the first time that I'd ever been out of the country. So to be honest, I had no idea what to expect. And we went to went to Germany. Luckily, I got uh, I got a little lucky in that regard. My girlfriend speaks fluent German. So perfect. We 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 were able to at least navigate. Uh, I stayed with my friend Seth Merrick and his wife. And so we would have been completely lost trying to use public (laughs) transit were it not for her. Um, The public transit in Berlin is great, so I think we could have figured it out, but it was really helpful to not have to worry about anything and just have her say, we go on that one. Or we don't go on that one. God, that had to be a lifesaver. And and I remember beforehand, before you went out, it was one of the last two runs we did together that you you mentioned that she spoke fluent German. Um, so it seemed like 
that that worked out swimmingly then. Like I, I have to imagine there was a little disconnect just given like it's been a few years for her, right? Since so she did that? She went to yes, she went to a German immersion school. So that was her first language. She spoke it only in school until about fifth grade, but hadn't spoke it spoken it since. And so what I always kind of told people was that she told me she was fluent in German, but I'd never seen it, so I didn't believe her. Once I got to see her, it turns out she actually is. <laughs> like, there, she understood everything. There was, like, no awesome. disconnect. But that was, when it, that was when it kind of checked the box in my head that, like, oh, she actually knows what she's talking about. Very cool. What was the, uh, what was the race? Like, you had, you had especially, and I guess you could probably speak to this better than I could. I thought that the, your training plan was awesome. But there was, I mean, we had a few runs in the middle of it where it just seemed like you were stacking day after day after day, and your workouts were killer. And I know you didn't feel like all the way there by the by the end of it as you were about to head overseas. Yeah, so this was a very like atypical training cycle for me in that I think that I did maybe like eight or 10 miles combined at marathon pace. Almost everything that I was doing was shorter bursts of like half marathon pace, so closer to like... 550 pace as opposed to I went into the race with the goal of 245. I realized pretty quickly on that that wasn't going to happen because in in the three weeks before the race, some something weird was going on and my heart rate was just spiking and I just wasn't feeling good on runs. So that was when I kind of made the call that we were going to go out at 625s and see what happened. Yeah, but as far as like. As far as the training cycle went, we did a long run together that was two by uh, two by three mile at half marathon pace, and then another three miles at marathon pace. After that, it was a seventeen mile long run, and that one went really well. And that was I, incredible seeing you. You destroyed it. That yeah, day. and then I had another um, two by four mile at half marathon pace, which is a ridiculous workout, and I finished that one as well. So I was feeling pretty good, and like on paper, I was probably in two. 44 to 45 shape. So I I knew that I had that, but it just kind of started fading a little bit towards the towards the end. Yeah. And you got a warm day and a humid day, right? Yeah, uh yeah, the weather in Berlin was not ideal. It was about 60 degrees at the start, got up to a little over 70 by the end. Um a, li- a little warm, but I I mean Kipchoge ran 202, so <laughs> how, how much could we complain about that? What was it like running another marathon two weeks later? Uh, I, I, that was not uh, my smartest decision. Will you ever do it again? No. 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 I Chicago, Chicago had perfect weather. I mean, the world record went down. Yeah. I was in Corral A. I probably started a little too close to the front in Corral A. <laughs> I figured I would. I had to at least try to see if I could go out and break three twice in two weeks, and the answer was a resounding no. <laughs> Luckily, uh, everybody that I saw, everybody that knew me and saw me on the course was before mile 14, so when they saw me, I looked great. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw me struggling at the end at that I knew at least, so I appreciated that. That's good. That's so cool, though, man. That you that you were able to hit up both of those marathons in the span of a of a couple of weeks, and you did a lot of other traveling around Europe too. Um, that it just it's been a great year of running for you, man. It's been so much fun following along. We talked. Uh, you were Derek. If you missed it, he was on episode two of the podcast uh, back in June, and so this was just a few weeks after Boston, a couple months after yep. Boston, uh, and you were really close 
if if not already started your your training for mm-hmm. Berlin. So you were you were right on the precipice of that. So I imagine that you'll be looking back on this year uh, for many years to come with a lot of fondness. And there's still two and a half months left. So who knows what will happen? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. This w- I could not. Uh, I do not regret how any of this went. Um, for Berlin, I ended up running a two forty nine eighteen, which was an almost four and a half minute PR, which on paper is phenomenal, and I'm incredibly happy. But also, the training indicated that I probably could have run a little bit faster, and I did not have a good day out there. I felt like crap the entire time from. From the first mile on, I knew it wasn't going to be my day. I think my first three miles were like 635 or slower. And I told um, Megan Featherston at the 10K mark that I was going to drop off pace because I wasn't feeling good. Um, The original goal was for my friend Seth and I to start and finish side by side. And we were running side by side until about the 10K mark. When I dropped back, um, somehow I caught him a little before halfway. We ran together a little bit longer. He dropped me again, and I somehow caught him at about 22, and that was when we decided we were gonna we were gonna run in together, and so we both ran a 2:49.18. Yeah, literally crossing the line at the same time. I thought that my app had like something messed up. I was like, there's no way that they finished at the exact same yes, time. Yes, we did. Very cool. Very cool. What a what a uh, awesome experience. So uh, I I kind of I'm kind of turning the pot over to you a little bit tonight. Again, this is something that I've never done before. Um, I've honestly, I've never listened to a race recap before, so I don't know how anyone does this. So we're just going to kind of go with it. Um, I know that you have some questions planned, um, but wanted to just talk about the Des Moines marathon, which I ran as we're recording this. It was two days ago on Sunday. Uh, the pod is going to drop this week. So yeah, it was earlier this week on Sunday, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, trained for it, of course, throughout the summer. And it was an interesting one given (laughs) I was thinking about it this morning, Derek, the first time that I had you on the pod. I was still in my total mental funk following Lincoln, which was not my day, uh, and and it was pretty much right after that that I finally started coming out of it, uh, which eventually led into the training that, that got me to Des Moines earlier this week. Yeah, so let's kind of go back to Lincoln, and what are some of the things that you took away from that race? What did you learn? Uh, I think the first thing was that was my first bad weather day that I'd ever had in a marathon before, so... We, I mean, we so often will talk about, like, you can't control all of the variables. You know, you just mentioned it with Berlin, and then Chicago ended up being perfect. And so I have to imagine that there's this large part of you that's like, oh, I would have loved to see the weather reverse, just because the second one you weren't running, you know, you weren't going after an A goal. Um, I, I Eventually, I got to that point with, with Lincoln. I think one of the things that I struggled with in the aftermath was I came out of it mentally pretty in a pretty bad spot because that was the first time that I hadn't PR'd in years. It was the first time that I hadn't reached a goal of mine inside of a race in years. And then the humidity and heat of the summer arrived. And so, like, my I don't know why my heart rate, my resting heart rate normally was low or was higher too. So, like, my, my heart rate was just higher. And thus then when I was running, my easy heart rate was higher. And so I just wasn't really enjoying it. And at the same time, I'm starting a podcast. And I'm like, you know trying to go on about how much I love running and I do obviously but it was it was just a really strange time that was I think the first goal or the first thing that I took away I think the other was you know do just be smarter in some of these races I I was okay at the time with going out like I did um in hindsight I I probably wouldn't have done that um but also, I mean, because of Boston, essentially, is why I, I would have maybe paced it a little bit differently. Um, but on the other hand, I'm also excited to go to Eugene next year. So 
I don't know. I, I think it's just, look, the weather, the, you need to look at the weather and you need to really respect the weather, I guess would probably be the biggest takeaway that I had from Lincoln. I thought that my training went really, really well. There was a couple of things that I learned that I had been doing wrong uh, in each of my previous cycles. I know that you and I talked about one of those back then. I don't know if you remember it, but it was my lactate threshold. I was running it too slow, which I didn't really realize. And so that was something where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to fix this in my next training cycle. And I did some, I wanted to do speed work. You know, I wanted to try to work on my leg turnover. So that's a long way of saying the weather was my, was really the takeaway that I was like, I just got to be better and, and my, more mindful of that and appreciate that or respect it maybe more than I did on that, that Sunday after or Sunday morning rather in Lincoln. All, all great <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. All great, great advice. Would you have done anything differently then? Looking back in Lincoln, see, and now like I wanted to do Boston next year, but now I'm very happy with we're going to go to Eugene and like we're going to have a great time and we're going to go up to Portland. And I got the news that I didn't qualify for Boston two and a half weeks before the race. And not that because I've, I've told people I really think it gave me this renewed focus. And that implies that like I wasn't focused or I wasn't treating Des Moines. And you, I mean, we talked about Des Moines essentially every day or just racing every day, running every day. Um, you knew that like I was really going for a big goal again. Um, it didn't change that. It did though maybe ramp up the pressure, which I actually appreciated. I kind of liked that I went into Sunday thinking. I really have to have a great, I have to do it again. You know, last year I felt that pressure. That pressure was more internal last year, I thought, with Chicago. This year, it, it, it was still internal because of my own drive, but it did feel a little bit more external because I, I felt like I had so many people in my corner after Lincoln. I was like, I don't want to let anyone down. Um, so, you know what? No, I, it's a learning experience, man. Like, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Like, I, it was, it was nice. In hindsight now, it's easy to say it after what happened on yeah. Sunday, right? Yeah. But it was nice to get knocked down and, and, and then get back up. And I, I thought that I got back up really, really well. And and I, I continued to, to push myself. But also, I thought I was smarter. And I know we're going to talk about my training. I thought I was I was this was my smartest cycle, too, and how I handle a lot of my runs. So uh, in the end, I the, honestly, the biggest bummer, and I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the pod before, but the biggest bummer for me is that I planned on doing a newsletter for 67 weeks in the lead-up, and now um, I still am trying to figure out what I'm going to do because I don't, want, I don't want to add 52 consecutive more weeks on top of that and do a newsletter a week called The Boston Diaries for essentially you know a year and a half. So like, that's the part that kind of is, or no, it'd be two and a half years. That's the part that I'm still wrestling with of I kind of called my shot and I, I ended up being wrong. Um, but that's such like a random side quest, you know, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not the thing. It was just a, like, and you and I, we had, we had talks of how I was going to do a, something different on the pod once a month, starting in December that like, now we'll just have to push back another year. So like, I'm, I'm more sad for those things, but I think in the end, I like, I like the way that the rest of the year unfolded. We're going to have so many better ideas <laughs> with another yes. year to think. Exactly. Now we have a whole other year. Uh, I'll have a certain item to wear, um, th- though I guess I would have had that in 2024 as well, the, the singlet that we'll have for our run club. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the end, you know, it's good, it's good sometimes to deal with adversity. And so I had to deal with adversity, and that was fine. All right. Let's dive into your training. Okay. What training plan did you do? 
So I went with the the Pete Fitzinger 12-week, 70-mile plan, um, which was very similar to what I had done for Chicago last year and for Lincoln earlier this year. The, the big difference, of course, is so it's 12 weeks versus the 18-week. So that way I was chopping off six weeks. And so I used those six weeks to do some speed work. I did speed work um, after I came out of my recovery plan, essentially building up towards a 5K race, uh, a 5K race that ended up getting canceled, um, in in Florence, in which is you know a suburb or whatever. Of I think Omaha. the speed work was my idea too. It was. You were like, you need to do speed work. So I did. I did a modified speed work plan from another one of Fitzinger's books. I did that in in June into July, uh, and then I had a down week, and it really wasn't that big of a down week. I I was doing more mileage still, and then I hopped into it. So I started on uh, July twenty fifth. And that first week was 55 miles. I was above 60 the next week. I hit 74 times, or no, three times. Um, I, I really liked it. I, I, I think there are two things that, as I look back on it, I don't know if I will ever want to do a 12-week plan again. It just didn't feel long enough. I, I've, I think that I really just like the 18-week plan. Um, one thing I did really like, though, was the, the first week, I had a 15 mile long run with the last eight at marathon pace. So like I immediately was thrown into the deep end. And so I really did like that. Um, This one had more like strides built into runs. And so previously it was usually like eight by 100 or even six by 100. This one had, I don't remember how many, I think it was two, maybe three where it was 10 by 100. And so I liked that just working on the turnover. Um, but again, a very similar plan. Uh, as I said, I peaked at 73 times. I was over 60 almost every week outside of the first one and then the taper. So it was kind of the usual heavy mileage. My, my long run peaked at, at 21. Um, I liked it. I, I, I've, you know, I know you have a coach, and, and I've had her on the podcast, Christy Nielsen. It was a great conversation. I, I continue to feel like I've, I'm having success with this. And so I've, I, my, my wife and I, we talk about it all the time, kind of wrestling with like, do we want to hire a coach? Do we not want to, you know, just as we try to move money around and find where yeah. best to spend it? Um, for me, I really do feel like I'm kind of in a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mode. Um, I, I was really pleased with it again. My 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 midweek stuff peaks at, at 15 miles, and I did 15-mile runs. One, two, three, four, five weeks in a row. Those are my favorite part of that plan. The, it's the awesome. The midweek, lo- medium-long runs. Yeah. Those make you so much stronger. I, I, I left those, and, and those... Those were, I thought, my best, the best runs that I had, I think, were those consistently. Um, my workouts, and I, I ended up doing one of them with you, and it was more, that was supposed to just be a 17 miles with the last 10 at marathon pace, and you described it earlier. We did 17 with three at half, three at half, and then three at, at marathon, and I wasn't able to keep up with you. I dropped, I had to drop off, for especially the last two reps, um, but that was that was a fun challenge. But my workouts, I... I feel like they always they, they always fell on the hottest day of the week or like the hottest week of the summer. We had two bad weeks this summer, and I think I had real good workouts planned in both of them. And so there was this part of me that the longer it went, and I, I really didn't verbalize this to anybody. I just kind of kept it internally. I just didn't know where I was, you know, that I'm running all these these workouts especially, and I'm like, I know that I'm better than the times that I'm putting up. I know that I'm better than – X speed for 1,000 meters times six. I know that I'm better than this, but I just was never able to see that. And I wonder if that maybe lessened my confidence because at the beginning of the summer, my goal was 250. And I never left off of that, even though the longer it went on, the more I worried that I just wasn't, 
I wasn't there. And I'll be honest, and I, I told this to you, your time in Berlin, because I think you're a better runner than me, when you didn't go sub two, or when you when you got sub 250, but you didn't go sub 245, I was like, okay, well, if Derek went 250, if he went 249, like, should I reevaluate where I'm where I'm at right now? So that's kind of how I felt the longer that the summer went on. I will make a counterpoint in in that the marathon is very hard, and there are very few people that ever live up to what they want to do yes. in a race. Yes. I mean, I was just listening to a podcast with Kiara D'Amato about when she ran 222, which at the time was, I think, a 12 or a 13-minute PR for her, and she was a little disappointed because she thought she could break 222. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a that's a massive breakthrough at a world-class level. And she was a little disappointed with Yeah, that. yeah. And we, it was, it was funny. I imagine we'll get to the, like you sent a text on Sunday after, and I told you how I felt. And it was, just, it was just so typical of like, and that's kind of, that's what running is about, right? Where you like, you can set another PR, you can have big gains, and you're still always like, yeah, but I feel like I can do better. And I know that I left feeling like that. I think one thing that, that really affected me this summer and I hope doesn't next year is that I just did a lot of traveling. You know, one of the benefits of my job is I really don't have to. But this year, I ended up going to, including my own, I went to four weddings. Um, none of them were in town. All of them were a plane ride away. Um, I went to three bachelor parties, including my own. Um, now, only my wedding and one other wedding um, were in the midst of the, the, the actual training cycle and, and my bachelor party. But so like I didn't have as much of that, but I think the general fatigue of the year, um, you know, it, it kind of showed. I, I thought it showed itself at times. I was, you know, my my wedding week, I got every mile in. Most of those runs were pretty bad, though, you know, in just terms of my metrics of like, wow, my heart rate's out of whack, which made sense. You know, I, we, we had a lovely, lovely time in Denver. I think I had two runs that week where I was like, that would have been a good, a respectable run in Omaha. And so once once we got past that. Um, once, once the calendar started moving into, especially September that I did feel like I I clicked better in September because, you know, I was suddenly, I was settled into football season, starting with my day job, doing play by play again with my, you know, with, with some of that work on the side. And so by the time that September arrived, I really did feel good because I, I I think that I had some of my best stuff, if not my best stuff, whatever there was a meet a midweek long run or a medium long run or something on the weekend maybe not a workout but i definitely felt like that month i was delivering you know time after time in a lot of those runs see it's it's so weird to hear you say that you kind of lost confidence in yourself during this cycle because you ran a 10k at sub 6 minute pace so like a low <laughs> 37 or 38 yeah 37 minute yeah, 10k yeah, yeah. in the middle of that cycle you time trialed a mile Faster than yeah, five thirteen or five sixteen, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you had all these great runs, and I've always viewed myself as being like acutely aware of like. Be, I, I'm very good at guessing what kind of shape I think people were in, and I never, for a doubt, thought you never for a second thought that you were in worse than two fifty shape. Like, I, yeah. and and that stands like some. You'll have a good day at some yeah. point. You're du- you're due for one. Yeah. That's a couple bad races in a row. Yeah, I, I yeah I think so. Um, you know that that mile time trial was really fun. Uh, that was back in I could find it real fast. That was sometime in what July that we I think did July, that June or yeah. July. And so that was oh yeah here it was. It was July 18th. And so I I did that and I hadn't run I hadn't run a mile like that since high school. And I broke five in high school. And I think that night I ran five sixteen. 
And and that was fun leaving it because it was like, okay, well, it was it was just nice to see like what that's like again because I hadn't done it. It's miserable. I, I'd rather run a marathon a million times over a mile. But I do now. It's like, okay, well, that's another fun goal that I can go after. Um, yeah, I just... I just think I had a couple, I think a couple workouts maybe just drug my overall feeling about this cycle down just a little bit. Um, I, I, I probably got in my own head. Um, but for the most part, I did, I did approach Des Moines. I felt way stronger than, than, than last year, way stronger, you know? And I, and part of that too was just, I looked at some stuff year over year and I was like, wow. Um, and so I think that that was there, and I did I did feel stronger and more confident myself than than I did in Lincoln. Uh, maybe more in tune. You know, you just mentioned you feel like you have a really good read on people, and you and you do. I mean, hell, you call, you said that there would be a world record, and you were right on, about Chicago. Um, so it's not even people you know, but I I did feel more in tune. Um, where I think I ended up playing uh, Des Moines a lot smarter than I did Lincoln. Uh, for a, a, a variety of reasons, but I, I think that that knowing where I was at, I think really helped big time. By the time that race day arrived in in Iowa, do you consider yourself still still relatively like new to marathoning? Because we know, like with your story, you ran a couple marathons back before you were before you would consider yourself serious about it. So yes. since you got serious, you're what? Four? This is five now. Five, five marathons five. in? Yes. Because to me, that's still relatively new. Like, you're still learning stuff. I'm I'm 10 in, and I still take away things from every race that I could improve on. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I feel like this year has been really nice because this year was the first year where I, I wanted to do two, and I got two. I'd never done two before, and so that was that was fun, and I think both were learning experiences, and, and I have a whole host of things that I, again, am taking away from this. The bummer about that is just like, as, as, as you know, just given you ran two in, in a couple of weeks and you've done three this year, it just takes so much out of you because it would be nice to, to have the knowledge and to be able to do it more often just just to see like, okay, well now I know how to approach it in this way. It's and, not like racing a 5K. But it's not like racing a 5K and there's no, I'm not going to trash my body just to, oh, hey, I learned something about myself. Like I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy my downtime. I'm going to enjoy my recovery. Um, and I'm going to approach April in the smartest way possible. And I, I will say that, like, I think that this cycle more than any other, I really did respect my recovery runs, I think better than I ever have before. Um, I, the only time that I ran too fast was really when I was with people. Um, like when you and I would go out for a run, um, but like, otherwise I, I, I can, I can force myself to slow down. Um, and so I, I kept those, I kept my recovery runs. I always try to have my heart rate average like 122 over the course. And for me right now, that pace is, is nine to nine thirty, depending on the time of the day and the temperature. And I really thought that I respected that well. Um, and I think that because I know at the end we're going to talk about like what's next in terms of plans and stuff. My, I, I want to bump up my mileage, but I know that to do that I'm going to have to to really to to keep the recovery miles slow. And so I'm going to do that. And and you know I I found myself really really enjoying it. So uh, I, I think it's so funny now because we're about to enter into to winter and running in the cold does suck, but. I really do think that I've decided that I'd rather run in the cold than in the than the really bad heat of the summer. Even though it it just it sucks and all the layers and stuff like that, but I just I I am not maybe as miserable during some of those hard runs as I you know am in in July when it's eighty degrees at seven a.m. or whatever. So I don't know. We'll see if I still feel that way in, in two months when I wake up and it's dark out and snowing. We need to get this guy a merino wool base layer yes. sponsor. Yes, let's do that. I'm happy to talk about them on the podcast. That sounds awesome. 
<laughs> if if you're a marketing director for like a craft or uh, for Tracksmith or anybody, let's go hit Josh up. Promo code chasing three hours. Let's do it today. So let's skip ahead to the week before Des Moines. Okay. What's your mindset going in? What do you think you're capable of? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing physically? So physically, I felt pretty good. Um, I think the usual, the usual crap, right? Of am I injured? You know, all all the phantom stuff was popping up as it as it normally does. Um, I felt pretty good though. Again, like I, my goal was two fifty. I wanted to run a sub two fifty. Um, I just, I, I just was wondering, like, do. Do I have that in me? Um, I was, you know, looking at the forecast every every second, essentially. And the forecast, it was never bad. I, I was the entire time, which was nice. It was nice to not really have to, to think about that. And I wish that I had your mindset of like, I'll check it, you know, when I have to check it. I don't do that. I, I Can I get the extended forecast 20 days out? I want to look at what it's going to be in Des Moines. Um, I had... I had a run every day starting on starting on Tuesday, so I was going to have five five more runs. Uh, the most mileage I would go was going to be seven, uh, and that the the last hardish, if you will, it was going to be seven miles with the last two at, at my race pace, my goal on Wednesday. And so my my plan, and and I decided this at some point in October, late late September, was going to be with the hills. You know, and I, I looked at specifically at, at Blake, Blake Ziegler, who who also ran and had a great race on Sunday. I looked at his data from last year to get a better view than just the usual course map with the course elevation, because I was like, okay, I want to he- see his Strava data and see exactly what's going on with the with the ups and downs. So my my decision was I wanted to do six thirty one pace until this nice downhill at fourteen, and then so that would put me two seconds per mile. Behind my goal pace. So then you'd have to run basically 627s in the second half. And so I thought, okay, I'll do 631s, then I'll do 627s until the 10K mark left, so mile 20, and we'll see where I'm at, and then hopefully with a couple, maybe I could go a little bit faster. So that was that was kind of my mindset, and that was how I treated everything. Uh, heart rate was, of course, elevated on the first run of the week. Um, I thought that my, my dress rehearsal run went pretty well. I went a 631 uh, and then like a 621. So I was pretty much right on and then a little bit too fast, but that was fine. You and I had a, a nice run um, on Thursday, uh, our last run together before it. And then, oh no, we, we did that on Friday, didn't we? Yeah, we did we that did on Friday. Friday. And then I had a, uh, a run in the, the misty Saturday morning and, and I thought I felt pretty good. That was a four mile, super slow, nice and easy. Um, and so I felt ready. Uh, so I, I thought that the week went... Like I, I I hate the la- I hate the last week before a race because I'm just I just want to get to I just want to get to Sunday morning I don't want something dumb to happen I don't want to step wrong um, every every single moment is just like I'm I'm kind of a ball of stress I did a I, did, I thought I did a pretty good job of keeping my heart my heart rate low I ate really well I cut out alcohol after my birthday in September so September fifth we went out. And that was the last time I had anything. So I was really focused on, you know, what I'm putting into my body, which stunk for my day job because we went to this remote at a local high school that is known for their concession stand. And like my co-host and my producer are eating like all this wonderful food at Ron Colley. And meanwhile, I'm, I took a couple of bites of things, but for the most part, I was like, I have a race in 36 hours. I'm not going to do anything stupid. So that, that was a bummer in that regard. It was also cold that day. So I got home and like, I think I took a shower right away just to make sure I got back to my normal temp. Like I was just so focused on my body. And by finally, by the time it got to Sunday, that was the first time I think all week where I thought my legs felt ready. They just, I don't know. They felt kind of tired. I didn't lift on Monday. Like I usually do. I, I like taking off the, the week of in that regard. 
So by the time I got to Sunday, that was like the first time, I think the entire week where I was like, my body is now ready. I think that my body is ready for the race. Did you have a specific like carb load plan? Was there like a number of carbs you were shooting for or were you just eating based on what what you were hungry for? Yeah, that. I was doing and that's something that I'm going to get under the hood with and I need to do better about for the next time. Um is I did kind of what I always do the week of and you know that that has worked for me really well. Um sans Lincoln, but Lincoln I I think was more weather than anything. Um, so I just took in this, the usual stuff that I do, the usual foods that I know are going to sit well in my stomach. Um, and that I feel like fuel me very, very well. I, you know, my plan for race day was going to be Morton, which I did in Lincoln. And I was going to do a gel every, uh, 25 minutes. I was going to have one 15 minutes before the race. So I was going to have seven over the course of essentially three ish hours. Um, I had a bar that morning as well. Um, I had a, no, wait, I didn't have a bar. I had the, the drink mix that morning. I had one of the drink mixes the night before I had a bar the day before, and then I had my usual kind of pasta stuff. So I did, I did kind of all of the same things that I normally do in the lead up, but I was not, I certainly wasn't like weighing anything out. And I do wonder if, if that is something that I could really get a lot better at, uh, going into, into April and, and future marathons, honestly. This, this is a perfect shout out for Megan Featherston, Featherstone Nutrition on Instagram. That was one of the biggest learnings that I took away in preparing for a marathon is how to properly carb load. She talks about that literally every week because there's she has 55,000 Instagram followers <laughs> of all running nerds. Yeah. But that that is something that I think everybody can take away. And I mean, it's different for each person. Seth Merrick, before uh, before Berlin, he was trying to get 800 grams of carbs the day before. 800 grams of carbs. That is ridiculous. Yeah, he t- I went for a run with him one week out from the race. And, and Seth's going to be a, a guest on the podcast. And I cannot wait to talk to him because he is also into cycling. And he's really, really good. And it, it's funny. I saw an article, and I have it saved uh, to, to read at some point when I have a few minutes. It's about, um, here it is, are runners worse at fueling than cyclists and triathletes? And Absolutely. I thought, yeah, and so I thought about the conversation that I had with Seth um, on the run, and we also went out with Chris Whitney, who is, who is also a guest on this podcast, uh, episode three, um, and he was asking about the plan, and he was telling, he was taking me through what he did for Leadville when he, when he rode his bike up there, um, and then what he did for Berlin. And now he was also, thankfully, he wasn't someone who was like, yeah, so try this. He was more get past this and then work on it. You know, he wasn't like change everything up. But, you know, I did leave that conversation thinking I can be better. Um, And I think I, I mean, I definitely left Sunday thinking I can be better um, just because uh, the last two marathons, even as I have two of the last three marathons as I PR'd, I have not had a good stomach day during the race and so that's something that i i need to get better um and and obviously i can improve the fueling the week of as well back to my conversation with derek loski in just a moment but are you in the nebraska area and are you running in the 2023 good life havesy well if you are be sure to stop by the expo on saturday november the 4th I will be there. I'll have my own booth. We'll be doing a live podcast taping as well. Going to be a whole lot of fun. Be sure to stop by the Good Life Havesy Expo Saturday, November the 4th, ahead of the race on Sunday, November the 5th. Look forward to seeing you there. It should be a great time. Back to my conversation with Derek Lowski. 
So let's let's jump forward to the actual race itself, okay. race day. What's mm-hmm. your routine? Um, I woke up. I usually wake up like three hours before the race. So this was an eight o'clock race. Um, thankfully, since we were in Des Moines, I mean, compared to Chicago or Berlin or, or any any of the big dogs, smaller town, right? So it's easier um, to get around. Our hotel was about a ten minute walk from the start, and so uh, my best friend and I, we were we had a room. My wife was in there too, and so for her, she woke up when when our alarms went off at five five fifteen or whatever it was. Uh, I, I I got pretty good sleep, honestly. I went to bed. I probably fell asleep by nine thirty. Um, I woke up at midnight to to. Pee and I woke up another couple times just because I could tell I was so amped. Um, but my heart rate again, it was it was in check, and so I felt pretty good. I, I did my usual fueling beforehand, um, which for me is a banana and a co- and some coffee to wake up and to to get the 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 body moving in the in the right direction. Um, for those who read the newsletter after uh, Lincoln in May. They will remember that I had a horrific time in the porta potty in that I couldn't go. It wasn't that I, it was a disaster in cleanup. I couldn't go. I, I was stuffed up and and thankfully it didn't blow up on me on the course. Um, I was able to go in the hotel multiple times and the porta potty. Um, you know, I, I think as I try to figure out how much water to drink before races, it's always like this guessing game of like what's too little versus what's too much versus what's the right amount. I thought I did a perfect job because. The last trip to the porta potty, um, you know, did my business, and I never once on the on the course felt like I had to go to the restroom. So that was really nice. Um, and and we'll move on now from using the restroom, but that that was super important to me because Lincoln was a disaster in that regard. Um, so yeah, we got to the course. They 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 didn't open the corral until quarter after seven. Um, so, I mean, and, and it was it was kind of a you know choose your own seat type situation, you know, which which. For me, it was nice. You know, it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go hang out near the front. Um, they had their elites or semi-elites that were in front of the the rope as the race started. But it was great. I got in there. I had a, a hoodie, and I was just going to toss it. But then my parents ended up, and, and my wife, and my brother, and my sister-in-law, who surprised me there, they all showed up in their, at the front. And so I was like, sweet, I'll wear the hoodie, and I'll give it to my dad, and, and then I won't have to, to toss it. And they ended up delaying it by 10 minutes, but it was awesome. Got there and, and saw Blake. Um, and we saw, I can't remember his Bryant. name, Bryant met Bryant. Cause it's funny. I saw a guy wearing a Nebraska zip up and I was like, Hey, you know, go Huskers or whatever. And then come to find out that he is, uh, also in the, uh, in our discord and, and all these things. Um, and, and so very good. Yeah. And very good. And so I, you know, that was fun too. Just getting up to the front and asking everybody, Hey, what are you going for? And I think he said he was going for a 245. Blake wouldn't commit to anything, and he was like, yeah, I'll just hang out with you, and he hung out with me. I think we were together for maybe a half mile uh, out there, um, and, he, and he ran a, a, a really good race. So uh, I, felt, I felt ready. I felt very, very excited and amped. Um, the 10-minute delay at the start as they got there, uh, as they got the volunteers and all the spots on the course, it – it like I, it was fine. I, I didn't again. I didn't have to go to the bathroom again, which was good. But I was just by the time that they finally started, I was I was totally ready to go. And I think I was in a pretty good place mentally. It was just you know going to be getting out early, figuring out my pace, figuring out the GPS, making sure everything was okay in that regard, and and uh, hoping that that I had a good race in me. And the weather was perfect. It was in the mid forties. It was cloudy essentially. The it was going to be cloudy the whole day, so I was feeling pretty good about about that. And it was nice not to have to worry about weather variables except for just wind. But that was only going to be when I was running north, and there was a lot of parts where I was going to be going south. So that was nice too. 
So the gun goes off. You're time trialing a 250 because that's essentially what you're trying to do. Yes. What? How, how would you have done it any differently if you were racing? Hmm. Like, I guess, what do you mean by that? Like, if I am trying to... Well, I mean, if, if you're, go- you're going in with one specific mindset, like... I see what you if mean. You, if, say, at mile one, the first mile feels really tough, mm-hmm. would you... Would I have were, slowed would, up a little bit? Yeah, would you, would you have tried to stay on pace? Because your, your vocalized goal is 250 uh-huh. and not just racing and seeing what, kind, what the day brings. Yeah, so I, so I did get out and... My heart rate was a little higher than I was expecting it to be. Um, it was in the 170s, and it, it, it I think it might have hit 180 a couple of times. Um, that first mile was a little hot. It was I actually finished it um, on my watch. It said I finished it after I, I passed, which is it so rarely happens like that. And, of course, by the second one, everything was fine. Um, but I ran a six. My watch said 623, I think. It was probably closer to like 619 or 620. So I got out a little too hot. Um, which was fine. I slowed back down, and the second one was six thirty something. I think I got to two at the same time, both in, you know on my watch and the flag, and that was probably the last time that I was even the whole day. But those first two miles, my heart rate was a little elevated, and so I was. But there was also the rolling hills of it all, and so I was asking, you know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, do you want to keep doing this at this pace and have something bad happen, or should you should you go back down? But I re I just. As I, I kept going, so I didn't I didn't slow down much, but I realized like that's just gonna be the rolling hills of the first bit is that your heart rate is gonna be a little bit higher and then it's gonna drop down. And what and that's what it did. Um I definitely could tell though, because of of the nature of the hills, that I was exerting myself more at this point in a race than normal, right? Like I read something earlier this week that like a really good marathon or, or someone who's going to negative split they kind of ride that they they really ride that line very well early on because they're just right up against it whereas someone who positive splits in maybe a really bad way they're going to be feeling awesome early because they're going out and they're like this is great um they pick up the pace and they pick up the pace and then it turns into a disaster so i guess in hindsight i because i read that after the race i guess in hindsight that's good i, I did feel like i was riding that i was riding it well though um because i was i was not being an idiot going uphill. Um, there were some pretty big uphills early on. And there that was is not an easy course. No, it's not. Um, and there were some people that, like, they're going by me, and, and I passed them later. And I remember just thinking, like, wow, you are not, you're not slowing down. There was one guy who I ran with for a few, uh, I don't know, probably half mile maybe. And he was like, you know, have you run this before? And I said, no. And he goes, I have. He goes, you respect the hills and i said cool that's my plan i'm i'm so i never got psyched out by looking at my watch and seeing 645 pace 650 whatever pace because then on the downhills it was 619 you know 615 and so over the course of of those first few miles i i i was doing exactly what i wanted to do and and the math was pretty easy i used to um write a note card and do every mile and every split what i wanted i decided i was i didn't want to do that because i didn't want to have something to pull out and keep putting back in so I was like, I don't want to worry about that. But this was easy to do the math because it's just 6.30 plus one for every mile. So at whatever mile I was at, I wanted it to say mile four, something four. You know, mile five, something five. And that was really nice. And every mile I was essentially within that by probably two seconds on either side. Um, and do you know what your official split through half was? Yeah, it was one twenty-five twenty-five. 
Yes. So, and, yeah. So, if, if basically if, where I wanted to be. That's 631 pace minus one second, essentially. So, yeah. you were dead on in your splits through halfway. Yeah. So, how are you feel? How are you thinking at halfway? So, how are you feeling? Uh, the, so, the, the, I want to go back just a, a couple of miles because at mile 11 ish is when you go through Drake. And so, okay. I didn't realize this because I hadn't. I hadn't studied the course at all. Um, I didn't start really looking at it until probably a week, week and a half out. And I noticed, I'm like, what is this little thing? That looks like a track. And sure enough, you go and it's like, oh my gosh, that's the Drake, that's the track where they do the Drake relays. And that part was awesome because so you go you run through campus and you're going downhill, and I'm seeing some of the leaders come by, and at this point of the race, because the marathon and the half marathon, they split off pretty early from themselves. I think it's like at mile two. And so everyone I'm seeing I know is a marathoner. And I'm realizing like at a certain point I'm going to see Blake because he is in front of me. And it was cool because he was coming out as I was going in. And we were just so jacked. And he was super pumped for me. And that was super cool. And my heart rate, everything just got faster. And I was running a little too fast there. And... It, it was fine though. Um, I come out and I'm feeling pretty good, and that was kind of the last uphill that I really was going to have to deal with, which was nice because God, those first, especially the first few miles in the neighborhoods. There was one, I think it was at mile three, where they had a that was where they had an age or they had the the water station on a downhill. I'm like, this is impossible almost. Um, so I was feeling pretty good at the halfway at the halfway mark. I again, I felt like I was riding the line pretty well, and I was thinking. If I put together a real good back half, I'm going to be able to do it. But I didn't think I didn't think it was a sure thing. In Chicago last year, I thought that it was a sure thing I was going to run sub three. Um, this one, I did not feel like it was a sure thing that I was going to do 250. But I definitely thought that this was going to be a good day. Like I didn't have any doubts about that. It was just, am I going to reach my main, main goal for today, or will I get close to it? So I'm just I'm kind of weighing all of those things. And that was really the beginning of maybe getting like catching up to my pace a little too much um, because I ended up clipping off a lot of time, especially that big downhill happened. And, and I must've misstudied the course. It happened at 14 into 15. And I thought it happened at like 14 and a half into 15 and a half. And so we're on it. And I just seen my family and I'm asking some guys like, there's one more uphill, right? And they're like, no, this is it. And I was like, oh, and my, I mean, at one point my pace is showing me 550 something, 556 on the way down. That mile was my fastest of the whole race. I think it, you know on on my watch it said I ran like a six, thirteen, six twelve somewhere somewhere in there. So I'm feeling pretty good, honestly, at, at this moment in time. Still feeling pretty good. And then move on into like that. That stretch is interesting because you leave the neighborhoods basically, and you end up at this. I don't know. I should kind of. I should have opened it up. It's like a park kind of. And is that the waterworks park. Yes. And okay. so to get there, you run. You run on this trail, and so. There's really no one there. The sun popped out, but we were under tree cover, which was nice. I ended up running with these other guys for a few, few, I don't know how long, maybe a mile. Um, it was obvious we were all going for the same thing. And I had asked them, you guys are going for 250, right? And they were like, yeah, but we're not doing anything dumb yet. And uh, I think that was at like 14. So I hung with them for a while. But once the trail, once the course leveled off, um, I, I, I'm like, I feel like we're running a little too slow. And it wasn't, you know, like a 633, 635 too. So it was like 640 something. And so eventually this other guy came up and I was like, hey, I'm just going to squeeze past you. And so I kind of went with him a little bit. And so did that. And, and at this moment, 
You know, because now the course is flat. It's basically going to be flat the whole way. And this is when I really kind of figured out, okay, how's this pace feeling? Um, you know, how are you feeling mentally? How are you handling everything? This was probably when my when the gels were just when they were not starting to feel very good. Um, I I wrote about it after Chicago last year. I, I was taking goo at the time. It did not sit well, um, and it hadn't sat well in a couple of my uh, like really hard efforts during training for Chicago. Like I was burping and stuff. So I was like, well, I'm going to do Morton. Um, Lincoln was like so poor in a lot of ways that I didn't really know how much to chalk it up to the to Morton, but I thought that it had sat well and it had in my training. I didn't do it at all in training this time. I didn't do any Mortons, partly just because they're so expensive. Would've, you would have had to mortgage. Off. Yeah, yeah. They're so pricey. And so I ended up, I was like, you know what? I handled them well enough. I'll just do that again. And I, that was probably a mistake. I'm sure people would listen and say, Josh, you're an idiot. That was a mistake. Um, I, I There's a part of me that wonders, too, if I need to figure out if, to do liquid nutrition instead of, you know... Any any sort of I mean it's not a solid I don't know what you would call what Martin. were you drinking at the aid stations just water just water I don't like Gatorade during races so Martin is pretty notorious for not having electrolytes mm-hmm. which would be one of the things that I in my opinion I would probably yeah. say to add yeah because my stomach I'm just, it just started it started hurting you know and I'm burping a lot there was one moment and this was later where I really did think I was going to throw up just cuz and I the the last one was probably 15 minutes in the past when I had taken it but it just was not feeling very good. So at this point mile 15 16 17 you you eventually reach this spot at that what was it called again the the waterworks yeah, park I believe. Where so you 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 reach this point where you you have caught up to like the half marathon like they, this is where you're all now going to go together. So it was like mile four of the half, and I think it was, so what would that be, mile, mile 17 of the, of the marathon. And this was a really interesting spot, and I still remember, like you kind of make this, this real sharp turn, and you go back in, and there were two guys in front of me by 10 to 15 seconds, and the group that I had squeezed past were probably about the same distance behind me. And there's no half marathon or so at this point in time. Um, because we're what two hours into the race, and I just realized I'm gonna kind of be by myself now for a while. And I didn't have headphones. I didn't do headphones for this race, just like I didn't do them for for Lincoln, which I think again is mostly fine. But in years past, I'd always done. I'd always had something. I would just listen to a podcast, which I know is so goofy, but it's how I I operated. Um, so that was I would say that was the toughest part mentally of just like you're gonna be by yourself. You're gonna have to 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 keep running at this pace, and I was still clipping off. You know, my watch was saying six twenty somethings. It was six twenty three, six twenty four, six twenty five ish, whatever it was. So I was never. I was always a little too fast, but I I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was being an idiot. I wasn't getting into six nineteen territory. Six, you know, fifteen. I was running my race just a little bit faster. Um, the sun popped out, and then it went away, thankfully. Um, but as I approached. As I approached 20, that was when I really started realizing, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to hang on. I just, because my legs, my leg, my feet were hurting. Um, my legs were, were hurting just in a, not in the way of like, I'm, I'm cramping. I wasn't worried about cramping and I didn't cramp. Um, but just more the pounding of that pace for that long with all the hills at the front end. I just think it started catching up to me. And so, you know, six 24 turns into 633, which turns into 634. I think I ran 633, 634, 634 over the course of like three miles. And so I'm doing the math and I'm like, man, like you can still do this. Um, 
but it just it it started dropping off. You know, it, it, I think I did a six forty something, and then it's six fifty, and like so by that yeah, point, it's your on. your twenty four was six forty eight, your twenty five was six fifty seven. Yeah, and so by that point, I, I'm you know I know I'm not going to do it, but I was I don't know, man, uh, and and I I've thought a lot about this over the last couple of days. Should I be more upset that like I didn't get my goal and that I am am I settling? I don't, but I don't view this as settling. I, I have a I have a question about this. <laughs> okay, um, I here just ask it. And okay, so I don't get ahead of myself. So we can say you ran two fifty one fifty seven. Yes, yeah. So I got an eight minute PR essentially. Do you consider this a breakthrough? A uh, breakthrough. That's a great question. That's not what I thought you were going to ask. Um. No, not a break. I think last year was the breakthrough. I think this is just building upon success. I think that this is continuing to... I think I'm getting better. Again, I'm getting better. I think that I, I learned more about myself. I learned more about how I'm racing. Do you think that this was a breakthrough? Because I think last year. I think last year was breaking through the wall. I guess, you know, when I did get past 16 this year, this time, that was a moment of, okay, you got past it. Because that was what went wrong in Lincoln. Um when I got to twenty, and I'm still clipping off six twenty whatevers, I'm like, okay, you're still you're still doing it. Um, I thought that I was probably, I don't know, did I dig deeper in Chicago? Because I, I mean, I slowed down at that race too, and then I just I found something at the very very end. Um, you know, I wonder if because three is a rounder number, it feels rounder than two fifty. If that meant more to me last year than 250 did this year and i would say that it did this isn't called chasing two hours and 50 minutes it's called chasing three hours 250 is the new three <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it, god it's gonna have to be if, if people are gonna want to qualify i think for boston um no i don't think that this was a breakthrough i think that this was a i think that this was more improvement and really really cool but i i don't think i would describe this as a breakthrough because that's a this, great question this was something that i thought of very in depth for myself because i ran a four minute and 20 second PR and was like a little bit disappointed with it. Yeah. But when you think about it, forgetting about the 65 minute PR that I ran to break three originally, I ran 259, then 255, then 253. This is the biggest, this is the biggest gap that I've taken off since I first broke three. So by that standard, is it a breakthrough? I would say yes, it is for you, and you, negative, and you negative split, and you had negative split before. Right? But you just took double off <laughs> your took, PR than what I did, and you're saying that it's not a breakthrough. Yeah. I would argue absolutely, yeah. absolutely this is a breakthrough, and this is a huge thing. We could figure, <laughs> you could figure out, you could figure out what went wrong, but you just took eight minutes off. Yeah. You're, I, not, you're now a 251 marathon. I know, and that's, I, it was so funny, uh, someone asked... So I went back to cheer on my friend, and we can talk about the end of the race in a second. But but I went back, my best friend, he was he was running, um, and so I, we go to about mile twenty two, which is where I saw my wife and my my family the last time during the race. And um, there's this guy, and it's so funny. He's coming up, and as I'm looking at him, I said to myself, "Okay, you need to remember his number because he is dressed in a way where he should not be this far back." Um, and then of course I forgot his number because of what came next. He asked me, he goes, Hey, what did you, what did you run today? And I said, I ran a 252. and a quick pause later. I told Riss, I said, I, I did not run a 252. I ran 251. Um, but it was, it was 251.57. And so I rounded up even though that's, I got no. Be, yeah, I know I ran, I'm a 251 or now. Um, but he goes, 
he, he some I don't remember what he said happened. Something horrible happened to him, and he had to he ended up having to walk. Um, so l- long story short, it was like this guy. I was like, man, I wonder what happened to that guy because he. I mean, he had all of the stuff on the shoes, everything. He just looked like someone who was going. He was dreaming big, and just it, it was not his day. So yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I finish. You know the the. I see my family. The wind picks up. It's like the worst. There's this like bridge that you're running across, and and at this point you have caught up to anyone who is still not finished the half. And it's very interesting because normally in a race, um, you're not. It's it's not like a run on a on a trail where you're like on your left, on your right. But I'm I'm doing that at times just because there are some groups, and I I I hope that this is not coming across as me being an asshole because it wasn't. It was just making sure like, hey, I'm on your left. I don't want anything to happen. Um, but that I, I was hoping that I would have like one more kick in me, uh, and I just didn't. You know, my le- I just couldn't do it. I, I I didn't walk. I didn't. You know, my my fastest or my slowest mile was still sub seven. So I was still like, I felt good enough. Um, it was really cool that final turn. You know, I I I'm, I always listen. I wrote about this on in my newsletter this week. I always listen from my mom. She's always the first person I hear. Just the way she says my name, I can it cuts through everything. And finally, I heard it, and they're on my right, and they're really close to the finish line, so it's why I didn't hear them for the last minute. I blew Riss a couple of kisses, and when I finished in Lincoln, I lifted my hands up, but I felt like shit. I was sweaty and I mean, covered in water because I've been dumping it on my head for you know an hour essentially. This one, I was happy because I got to celebrate, you know, and I re- I let out a few screams and I really pumped my fists. Um, and then Blake was still there, and he had finished like five-ish, six-ish minutes ahead of me. And, and he, he went in, and I was already going in for the hug. He was going in for like a high five or a handshake, and I went in for a big old hug. Um, and we, we, you know, we probably just screamed "f you" at each other for a few seconds, and that was really cool. And we're making making our way through the shoot. And my dad, he's you know, he, he tells me what place I finished. I finished in twenty eighth place. And I was like, holy, you know, like, what? Our <laughs> little group had three in the top 30. <laughs> yeah, three in the top 30. Um, so, like, yeah, that was, that was, that was really cool. It was a, uh, it was a really special, special finish to the race. And, like, I like the big races more. Um, I've run Chicago twice. I just, I like, I like the energy of the big ones more. But the, the smaller ones are cool, too, because they're, we're just walking essentially next to each other and talking. My parent, my family, and I, and then Blake, and and it's like that was really that was really really cool, really really special. So when we ran that last run Friday before the race, you told me that Twin Cities twenty twenty one was your favorite race to date that you'd run, mm-hmm. like your favorite experience. Maybe not necessarily the race in general. And you, you is cut that me st- off. is that still true? Uh no, no, it's it's not. I. And it's funny now. I still now I want to say it's probably Chicago, but no, I mean this. I, as we're going to talk about, I imagine, I feel like I have some stuff left in me. I know I can get better. Um, and I felt that way after every race of the last few years. I knew I could get better. This one, it's cool, though, because I I feel like I peaked in the middle. Um, whereas last year, I think Chicago, even though my fastest mile was mile 14, I feel like I peaked late because I, I had to dig deep to do what I wanted to do. And I did it. This one, I peaked in the middle. And now this is two races after I negative split in the in the uh, virtual in 2020 in Twin Cities and in Chicago. So I, I I negative split for my my first three marathons of my true running journey. I have not the last two, so I'm excited to kind of get under the hood and and see what I can do better. 
But so for that, like all of that to, to happen and to still, I mean, you're, you bring up a great point. I still cut off eight minutes of my time. Um, yeah. I mean, this one was, this one was pretty cool. This one was, was a lot of fun. It was just like, I, I just felt more confident even in my lack of confidence in, can I do 250? I approached this race more confident in just my abilities. And I think that that was, that made this one a lot of fun just cause I don't think I really did anything idiotic. Um, Whereas I think I saw some people make mistakes, especially with the hills early on, and and I think that I was a smart runner, which I, I I'm happy that I was able to do that. So if we if the listener is following your Strava, they will see a lot of <laughs> leave no doubt. Yes, where did that come from? We'll get into why it yeah. came up, but who came up with that? Uh, that was me. Um, and the the reason that I started saying it. I have, a, I have a weird memory with like movies and pop culture and stuff. And that's a line from Remember the Titans um, where one of the coaches says to the other coach, you know, run it up, leave, leave no doubt. Um, and I thought of that. And the, and the reason why is because of Boston. Uh, I, I missed Boston by 16 seconds. Um, I got the news two and a half weeks before <laughs> before the race. Uh, I really, should we talk about? Yeah, should, should we talk about yeah, how that happened? Yeah, because you're a part of the story. So, um, I, I apply the the well. I put in so they have like kind of they have the main application, but before that they have what is it called where you can uh, the pre verification pre verified yeah, time. Yeah. Essentially, you know, um, you can put your your info in in the race, and they can just verify everything. So when you apply. There's just is no concerns. Um, I don't know how many times someone applies and then they get contacted like, "Hey, can you confirm X, Y, and Z a bit more for us?" I ran in Chicago. I was I had no no concerns of uh, of of the race being weird or the GPS data being wonky. So I did that. Um, I apply the first hour, first minute that it goes available. Um, the the what was that? That was September 11th, I think. September 11th or 12th. Um, it was yeah. Yeah, it was sometime in like early to mid September. So I did that, um, and by Friday, right when it stopped, it stopped on Friday. Um, come to learn that thirty-two thousand people registered, which is the most of all time. And immediately in that moment, I'm wondering, is this going to be enough? Yeah, we had some text threads where we were <laughs> guesstimating what the yeah what it would be. A lot of Reddit reading. We read Reddit a lot. Um, and after reading, shout out to the guy that guessed five twelve. That was pretty close. And and so when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh! If it comes down to where I'm on the right side by a second, this is going to be incredible. Um, I I I, f- I figured pretty early on that my time because I had five minutes and thirteen seconds of buffer, which again I never doubted for a moment over the last year that it was going to be not enough until I saw the number of the applications, and then that was when I started worrying. I thought that my number was going to be right near the near the line. I thought that it was going to be in the 450 range to the you know honestly the 520s probably is what I would have guessed. And and I mean maybe this is just it's easy to say cuz I didn't get in. I I had a bad feeling. The whole time I had a bad feeling. And so you know at a certain point they announced on Instagram we will uh we'll let you know in October. So I was like okay and I, I just kind of stopped thinking about it. So it's funny. Within the span of like five minutes, I had a text from you and a comment on an old Strava post. And so the text from you was like, how, how are you doing? 
And I was like, with what? With my training for Des Moines? And you said, no, Boston. But you didn't give me any other context. And so I was like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm just trying not to focus on it. At the same time, I have a comment from a run from like a week and a half ago from this guy who follows me. And it was just like, so he had previously asked what my buffer was, five minutes and 13 seconds. And so his response was, sorry. And so I thought he was saying this, and again, this is so idiotic in hindsight. I thought he was saying sorry in that like, oh man, you're right on the line. That's got to be stressful. And he was in, so I said, no, I'm good. I'm just, you know, trying to deal with it. And he goes, no, they announced it, 529. And I was so, not going to respond to that text. Yeah, so I was like, not going to send you another Derek text and be the he, one to break it to you. So and, and so I responded to you and I responded to this guy and then I left. I was actually house sitting at the time, dog sitting at a friend's place, and he lives really close to Flanagan. So I headed over to Flanagan and, I, and now it's, cl- it's closed. So I had to do two loops around the north, the north Lake. So I get there and I take out my phone probably to just text, you know, Riz, hey, I'm, I'm going to start my run now. I'll talk to you later. I love you. And... Uh, that was when I saw the second comment. I get on Twitter. I see the thing. And so <laughs> I'm about to go out for a run. And uh, and I find out I missed Boston by 16 seconds. And so I was pretty pissed, um, pretty sad. Almost cried a couple of times. Uh, I thought about the newsletter and how big of an idiot I felt like for naming something the Boston Diaries. And then it, it all backfired on me. Um, I allowed myself to be caught up in my feels. Um, the run sucked. Heart rate was elevated. Uh, but by the time that I finished, I really did... I really just was like, I can't, I can't let this bother me that much. And I got home and I think Riz saying like, what are we going to do now? And I was like, let's just do Kansas city. Cause I was like, we'll save money. We'll do Kansas city. Um, and she was like, we're not going to do Kansas city. She's like, what about Eugene? And I think picking Eugene and deciding to do that really lifted my spirits. Cause then we we're like, Oh, we could go to Portland. We could go to Seattle. We could go to a Mariners baseball game. Uh, we go to Powell's the bookstore up there. Like, this will be awesome. You can finish at Hayward Field. Finish at Hayward. Exactly. All those things. And so at a certain point, you know, that that week, maybe that day, that that line popped into my head. Leave no doubt. And so my mindset, like 250 was was the, the was the goal. Like that's what I really wanted. But mainly, and, and I think this is why I really played it conservatively early on, is I just I didn't even want a 255. I didn't want a 256. I wanted Honestly, kind of where I'm at, you know, 253 and better, I think would have been good um, to, to, to do a 251-57. And I mean, if I have to worry again next year, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I will. I hope I don't. Um, I'm guessing the qualifying time will probably drop for my age group. Um, but maybe not. It's three oh five right now for thirty five. I'll be thirty six years old for for the next. I mean, Boston if Marathon. you have to worry, then I'm I stand no chance. Yeah, and and because like the thing that I've thought of over the last few days now that I've done this. Um, is there are, I don't know how many other runners. I mean, how many how many missed out? 11,000? So there are a non-zero chance that many thousands of runners had the exact same thought that I did. Now, not everybody had a 513 buffer. I know that there are people who had a 528 buffer, but there are also people who had a one-second buffer. Um, everyone is probably, not everybody, a lot of people were thinking, how do I best this? Um, I just got a chance to do it early. You know, so I know I have these eight minutes in the back of my pocket. But there's a lot of people that are going to have a great race like this. Like the thing about my qualification and many others was that I did it at the beginning of the cycle. Just like this one. I'm doing it now in October and the window just opened up. There will be people who will get to qualify next August or September right at the end. And so I 
does that give them an advantage? I mean, advantage isn't the right word, but it's just they have a whole other year to build up fitness is kind of what I'm trying to say, whereas I got mine at the beginning. That said, I will also get to run another one in April. All that to say, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, to add eight minutes and now have 13 seconds in theory in my back pocket, like I think that this will be I mean, enough. every year in history, yeah. you you would be safe. Yes. Yeah, now we can't even do the COVID, because like, before it was every year but COVID. Now it's every year, period. End of story, yeah. I'd be fine. I think I'll be fine. I'm there's not, no, not going to There's no doubt. It. There's no, yes. I left no doubt. I am not going to allow this to affect me mentally. I'll just go into Portland or Eugene, you know, wanting to add a, a little bit more, but not feeling pressure to do so. At, at least not external. It'll be all just, you know, me wanting to be a better runner. And now I'm going to have to run another Boston. And now probably. you're going to, and that's how I feel, so, I feel really bad because you signed up for it. Like, oh, I'll do it with you. And then I didn't get in. <laughs> yeah. I, and it's a lot of money. W- luckily, there's a, a group of other people that are going for the first time. I love going to Boston with people experiencing it for the first time. I say that like I'm some seasoned <laughs> yeah, veteran. Done I've, I've done it twice, but it is so incredible to see people experience that, and I guess newsflash to Haley, <laughs> my girlfriend, but uh, I guess I'll, I will have to be running it at 2025 as well. Hell yes. I guess I should focus on making sure that I have a qualifier at that point. But <laughs> yeah, who knows what the qualifying time will be in 2025 now. But yeah, um, that and honestly, that was a, a large part of my sadness was was knowing that you and a few others that or are in our crew had signed up. Um, and so, you know, like it's a privilege, right? Like you get to run Boston again. It's this is not a burden, but I know it is a burden financially to do this again. Um, and not to say that you won't have a great time because you will, but you know, if, if you can run two, then that's perfect. But if you could only run one, I would have obviously rather it have been the one that I'm at versus the one that I won't be at because of a odd year of qualifications. So, you know, I hope to see you there in 2025. We'll be there. Hell yeah. That'll be fun. So that was the race. And now, you know, moving forward, um, I, I I said it earlier. I want to up my mileage. Uh, I I'm going to stick with the Fitz plan because I I really am a believer in it. Um, I'm I'm in the midst of my recovery as of this recording. I will have my first run since the marathon tomorrow morning. Um, I'm looking forward to it. My legs still feel like trash, but you know it'll be good just to kind of shake out the cobwebs a little bit. I do a five week recovery plan um, where I won't run six days, which is I I do six days a week when I run. Um, I won't do that until the fifth week. Um, Right now, my calendar has five weeks open, and so I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to figure out what to do. Um, I'll probably just mess around and, and kind of, I'll, I'll just start building my base. And I want to do the 1885 plan. Um, I think I'm ready. When's 18 weeks out from April? Would that be like mid December? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Because yeah, so it would have been, it would have been December 11th. So I, I just moved my my whole thing back two weeks um, because it would have been mid-April, and now it's the last, I think it's the last day of April. It's April 30th or 29th, so it's okay. one of those last few days. So I will start Christmas Day with a five-mile run. Um, I said it earlier, I'm going to really treat the recovery runs. I, I think I've done a good job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do even better with them. Um, I... I, I I want to push myself. Now, part of this was I wanted to do the 1885 because I wanted to have my best foot forward for Boston. But I also... It's like I'm not doing Boston yet. I think that I'm ready, you know. Um, I hope I'm ready, but I think more than I hope. You know, it's probably 70-30 think versus hope. I think that my body is ready. I think that it can handle um, the extra mileage. Um, we'll we'll see, I guess. You, you've you put on a lot of the, sim- of the similar mileage to what I'll be doing. 
Um, it seems like your your body has handled it pretty well. Obviously, we're two different people. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens with that and just kind of figuring out the rest of the year after after the five-week recovery plan. Well, I'm just going to do it because I do it anyway. I finish every podcast by asking my guests about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal, qualifying for something, or just a feeling. Derek Lowski, uh, months after we talked for the first time, what are you chasing? Let's see. I am chasing seeing everybody around me get much better. We've had like it, it's been it's been really cool to I I'm at based on like my trajectory. I'm gonna continue improving. That I mean that that's the goal. I want to see where where my talent and hard work runs out. But it's been really cool to see a bunch of people that we spend a lot of time and a lot of hours on our feet with yeah. go out and run all these crazy PRs. I mean we had. We had our friend Jeff, who's 58 years old, run a 250. In we Chicago. Had, we had Cameron. We had um, Luke. We had Ryan. We had all these people well, run their first BQ or their first sub three. Yeah. It's been really cool to see everybody improve. Yeah, Chris Whitney comes back and runs his first marathon since he... Yeah, 10 and a half minute PR. 10 and a half minute PR after the injury. And again, he was on episode three and we talked about it. After the horrible way that his 2022 ended, he, does, he doesn't run any marathons this year until now. And he destroys his PR. Um, and that PR that he had previously set was not post-recovery and surgery. Um, yeah, we've We've had a really good stretch for for our little group over the last, you know, however many months or how many years. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. But let's see it continue. What started off as a group of people that I wanted to train with when I was trying to break three. Let's let's see if we could get everybody. Let, let's see if we could get the, the little unofficial club record down to like a 230 or something. Let, let's go. Oh, I love it. Derek Lowski, thanks again for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Thank you. Thanks again to Derek Lowski for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me as I write about my experiences out on the running trail, races, and a whole lot more. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend. <laughs>